Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof Podcast. Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And as we have been talking about marriage and family for the entire week, we celebrated 19 years of marriage on December 4th. And we're just going to spend the week just walking through, talking about um, the things that we feel like the Lord has really convicted our heart about. Of course, it's not exhaustive because like in 19 years, there are many, many, many things that the Lord will convict your heart about if you're willing, if you're willing. If you're not, then... (laughs) Maybe not so much, yeah. um, but we've just kind of been walking through those things that we found that we have found to be um, protective of our marriage and protective of even our roles in marriage, protective of how we parent our children. And I think we want to wrap up um, with talking about how we've built high fences mm. in our marriage. You know, sometimes we think that we have um, protected our marriages, but really we have not been efficient or effective in the way that we protect our marriages. Um, Maybe we draw from the culture. What the Mm. culture says um, is the best way to protect your marriage. But as you know, we want to culture-proof our marriages. We don't want to do the bare minimum that the culture suggests. We always want to go back to the straight edge of Scripture and understand what the Lord reveals to us about the subtleties of Satan's attacks on anything, but especially our marriages. And so today, we want to talk about building fences in marriage yes and it has to be intentional you know um i think the culture would say oh it don't take all that just kind of just you know go with what you feel you know uh let it be what it is but i think as christians we need to be vigilant about uh guarding our marriages building those fences those boundaries and things like that because uh we're trying to honor the lord and mm-hmm. so we we want our marriages to represent what they're supposed to to represent yeah. a picture of Christ in the church and so there should be some uh intentional building of these fences there's some things that you know uh you have to take a look at and say is it wise that I'm doing this or uh should I change this up or like man is it, it, is my marriage secure? You know, mm-hmm. am, am I doing what it takes to make sure that it's strong? And so I think we have to have these questions and we have to like go before the Lord and say, God, where am I lacking? Where are we lacking? And what can we do to yeah. make it better? Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Because I, I think, again, in so many instances, what we tend to do is to look at the standard that the world has mm, set. Right. And we say, well, I have a healthy marriage based on defining what is healthy as far as the culture perceives it to be. Mm. But God's word really calls us to a different standard. It calls us to a different means by which to measure success mm-hmm. or to measure effectiveness. First Peter chapter one, verses 14 through 16 say to us as obedient children, do not be conformed to mm. the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. 
since it is uh-huh. written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Yeah. So when you think about building fences in marriage and thinking about what it is to be holy, it is to be set apart. It's to be separate. And I think the thing that maybe is um, counterintuitive for us when we think about marriage is that even the world's picture of a healthy marriage is different from scripture's picture of a healthy marriage, right? Mm. Like you've got people who would be happy in rebellion against God (laughs) and may even define that as like a healthy marriage. But the Lord calls us to be holy, um, Mm. to be separate, to be called out from the world. So even our marriages, as we define them as healthy, is going to be different than what the world would define. Yeah, that's a great point because there's a stress on happiness my happiness or my peace or whatever you you want to call it you know and a lot of times it's a selfish type Mm. of thing it's not you know as long as i'm happy or i'm not happy so i need to get out of this Mm, come on you know and so everything is about my peace my my happiness but when we're trying to uh, please the lord we're like lord we want to be holy we Mm -hmm. want to be upright yes we want joy we want peace in our marriages but that's not the aim is not a selfish type of happiness and that's the way that the culture would try to push you towards you yeah. know if you're not happy well you need to do something different yeah no this is a covenant there's nothing new or different that i need to do yeah i need to have the joy of the lord i need to submit my marriage to the lord man that is so good and really even understand what happiness is like mm-hmm. we in our modern yeah. context have such a poor definition of happiness and at the same time happiness has become the highest aim of right. our culture like right. this is our drive like we really do love the the doctrine of the pursuit of happiness right <laughs> but what does the bible say so in in proverbs chapter 16 verse 20 the bible says he who heeds the word wisely will find good Mm -hmm. and whoever trusts in the Lord happy is he there it is so now if I put (laughs) my confidence in my husband to make me happy I am going to be disappointed Mm -hmm. right my happiness is drawn from putting my confidence and my trust in the Lord right again in Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 the Bible says where there is no revelation the people cast off restraint but happy is he who keeps the law Amen. Wait, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> so so what you're telling me is that if I am to pursue happiness in my marriage, then I should pursue what is written about how I am to be married? Mm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which, as you can already see, is very counter the culture. That's like, right. this is not what the culture says. The culture says, well, you probably just need a break. Right. You probably just need an escape. And the happiness is based on feelings. So I feel, you know, happy right now. So everything's good. Yeah. You know, oh. uh, I, I'm, I don't feel happy right now. So, man, it's bad. And I need to try to figure out, man, do I need to get out of this thing? Mm. And it's based upon our feelings, not on, you know, anything that's solid, you know. And so we have to be very, very careful not to fall into that trap of, man, a selfish type of happiness. But happiness comes from obeying the law of God, obeying mm-hmm. what he, sa- he said to do, you know, uh, doing things his way. And so it's not supposed to be based upon our feelings, which are up and down, up and yeah. down, you know, could be up and down, yeah. you know, and, and change all the time. Yeah. You know, but it's based upon the solidness of, of God. 
Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you are enjoying what you hear, please remember to give it a rating or to leave a comment. Let people know that this podcast is a blessing to you. It helps to grow Culture Proof and we would be so grateful. Also, if you love Culture Proof and you want to support the ministry, why not pick up some merch and look good while you support the ministry of Culture Proof? Check out every podcast. You'll find a link in the description to where you can get your Culture Proof merch and support this ministry. We appreciate it. Amen. And speaking of that, the feelings changing and going up and down, we're talking about building fences, high fences in marriage. We're talking Mm. basically what we're talking about today is culture proofing your marriage, right? right? And so one of the other lies that we invite into marriage is that our life is supposed to be perfect. Mm. Like we're supposed to have this perfect picture. What has um, exacerbated that thought And that doctrine in so many people's lives has been um, the ubiquity of social media, where we can Mm. see everybody living their so-called best life. (laughs) And it's perfectly crafted. It's perfectly designed. Their kids are perfect. Their life is perfect. They're always on vacation. They're always exchanging gifts. They always want to be your goals. Mm. They want to be your marriage goals. They want to be mm-hmm. your mothering goals, your fathering goals, your, your, you know, they want to be your goals because they are killing it in life. <laughs> not only is it a lie, right? Right. Not, not only is it a deception and a smokescreen, but it is inconsistent with what God's word teaches us mm-hmm. in John chapter 16, verse 33, the Lord says, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace mm-hmm. in the world. You will have tribulation. Mm-hmm. but take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen. So what is Jesus saying to us? It's going to be hard. Like mm-hmm. there, there are going to be things that are just difficult for us to do, right. even as it pertains to our marriages. But Jesus has overcome this world. That is our hope. And that is our confidence. Yeah. And, and Jesus being at the center is so important because when you think about it, how can you even uh, do anything without the Lord? Like as mm-hmm. a, as a believer, you know, I would look at those who don't know God and, and even, especially like in the marriage context, how do you even do that, you know, without knowing the Lord? Because there's so much that happens in the context of marriage, you know, that, you know, you can, if you're not uh, uh, built upon the solid rock of Christ, mm-hmm. man, things are going to crumble. And so the happiness, the joy, the peace comes from doing things the way uh, that God has designed them to be. And so when we settle on that and we're like, man, I'm not going to be on this roller coaster of happiness, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm up, then I'm I'm down, then mm-hmm. I'm up and I'm down, but I'm going to rely on on God and, and, and how he has designed this thing. Man, that's, that's where the peace and the joy comes from. Yeah, man, it's so good. Again, when we talk about living against the grain of yeah. the culture, it's not easy. And even just kind of trying to mimic the culture's presentation of getting it right mm. falls short of the biblical standard. Like, because what I don't want people to hear me saying is that we can't find a common grace expressed in marriages around us. No, yeah, and 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 there may be uh, joy in that, and there yeah. may be happiness, and that's great. But we always want to measure whether or not there is true joy, true happiness, yeah. true peace yeah. based on the application of God's word to our marriages. Yes, definitely, there's a blessing in marriage in general. Yes, like, amen. You know, unbelievers they married. You know, man, praise God yeah. that they're doing it that way because those principles still apply but i man but there are things in life that rock you 
you mm-hmm. know, and in a marital relationship, man, especially in the culture we live in yeah. where where there's so much temptation around yeah. it. Man, I, I look at that. I'm like, how do they do it without having Christ? I can't. I don't know. You know, and it, it's know. just a, it's, it's an amazing thing. But yes, there's a the principles of God. They, they work. They're undeniable. So marriage is, is great for unbeliever, believer. Like, yes, be married, you know, but I just wonder like. Man, just in life in general, yeah. like how do you make it without Christ? Well, think about this. Like some of the reasons that our marriages fail, we, mm-hmm. and again, we're talking about building high fences. Yeah. And some of the reasons that our marriages fail is because our definitions are flawed. Mm-hmm. Our actions are not directed by the Holy Spirit, directed by God's word. And so, for example, this reason, well, we fell out of love. Right. <laughs> and, and, and think about it. Yeah. The reason yeah. you have people in marriage who have fallen out of love is because they fell into love. Okay. Mm. And so now let's just juxtapose that um, to what the Bible says, Mm. right? So the world says you fell in love, Mm -hmm. get married, live happily ever after. That's what the world says. The word says, Love is actually a command and not an accident that happened to you. Mm, that's good. Like it is an act of your will. It is mm. a choice. So imagine just if at, as the foundation of your marriage, it's not that I fell into love or I fell in love. It is I am choosing to love this person. Mm. I am I am choosing to do the things that are biblically commanded and I am expressing that toward my spouse. Mm. Uh 1 John chapter 4 verses 7 through 12. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Mm. In this the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Now, when we think about that, we don't think that applies to marriage, but it does. It does. <laughs> it does. And and I would almost want to say with a special emphasis, because mm. you've also attached to this expression of love that is a command, yes. right? You've attached to it a covenant mm. and you've entered into an agreement oh, that before God, you have said, I am going to love this person in a special way, in a unique way, in a way that is set apart from the way I love anybody else. And it is a command that I am going to follow through with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's a deep thing, you know, and it should be abided by. And it's, it's crazy when you think about it. You know, it's a covenant before God. There's also a covenant before man. You have people sitting there at your wedding. Serving and as saying, witnesses. Yeah, as witnesses. They're saying, like, yes, we agree. You know, and so that brings about, a, a, it's supposed to bring about an accountability, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for what is happening there. And it's just a, it's a, it's a, such a deep thing, you know, and it's treated so flippantly in, yeah. the, in this culture, man, it's a, it's a shame, but yeah, it's a covenant and it, it's a, it's a vow before God and before man 
And it's a picture of Christ in the church. Yeah, I think sometimes when the enemy begins to attack our mind and attack our heart, you know, we have these feelings, these emotions, our mm-hmm. emotions are real. And we may even have the feeling of, you know, well, I, I don't feel like I love this person. I don't feel like this person loves me. Remember, we talked earlier about the unseen influence in our marriage or the unacknowledged influence yeah. in our marriage. Many times those emotions are driven by that unseen influence, by that unacknowledged um, presence that wants to destroy our marriages. So what do we have to do? We have to assert the truth about our covenant. Mm. We have to to assert the truth about how we actually feel in marriage, which is, well, I have made a choice. I have, I have decided, I have responded to the invitation of God. And so now the things that I do are because of the Holy Spirit, an act of my will, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning that I have submitted my will to the Lord's will and he has told us what to do. So I am empowered by the Holy Spirit to carry it out. I don't mean, and the reason I make that distinction is because I'm not talking about a independent will where you can just do whatever you want apart from God. What I'm saying is it's a submit. Thank you. That is perfectly stated. It is a submitted will. Mm -hmm. It is saying, even when I have those feelings, I don't love him Mm -hmm. or she doesn't love me Mm -hmm. or whatever those things are, you know, that we would say, I do love him. Mm -hmm. I love, I have chosen to love him right now. I am hurt right now. I am disappointed, Mm -hmm. but I love him and I have made this covenant. I have entered into this covenant. When we start to assert those things, you actually start to silence that unseen influence Mm -hmm. that really wants to manage your marriage. I mean, Mm -hmm. listen, there is a fight over the management of your marriage. And if people could understand that, even in the moments where we have tried to wrestle with whatever the disappointments were, um, whatever the misunderstandings were, in the moment where we say there is an unseen force at work here. Right. Yeah. It kind of stops the progression of the emotions yeah. if we are willing. If we're willing, you know, it's so important as um, married couples to, uh, who are in Christ, to train our sights on the real enemy. Mm. Because if not, your spouse will become who you think is the real enemy and he or she is not. It's the devil. It's the enemy. Because he hates marriage. He hates what, what, what it represents, you know. And so if we don't train our sights on, okay, and and uh, aren't able to kind of rent, uh, uh, handle all our emotions mm-hmm. and say, okay, what's going on here, man? The spiritual battle, we know it. Sometimes we don't understand that we're in a warfare each and every day, and so it you know it, it, it eludes us. But the thing is, man, we are, and we got to recognize it, and we got to be willing to say, okay, let's stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. that's hard to do in the heat yeah. of the battle, you know. And it's hard to do when emotions are, are high and and things like that. But if we're able to do that, ask the Lord to help us to to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, we can gain victory. Yeah, because then we can have a chance to recalibrate our minds and our thinking and to say, okay, who's the enemy? Mm-hmm. Here? It's not my spouse. It's the enemy, the devil, the the actual the, enemy, the yes. one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah, and, and what he's trying to do now is have a foothold here. Let's stop. Yeah. Let's pray. Man, that's that's the tough work of Man. obedience and submission to the Lordship of Christ yeah. and recognizing, look, there is a reason that the Lord wanted us to know that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. Yeah. There's a, there's a reason that the enemy wants to keep that Man. truth from us, mm-hmm. that we would fight against one another, that we would allow ourselves <laughs> to sink into those raw emotions mm. and then act out 
on those raw emotions, man, but we have been called to something so much higher and so much better. And ultimately a picture of an eternal covenant between Christ and his bride. I mean, if we understand that and you understand why the enemy puts it in his crosshairs, then I think it enables us to war a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, We're talking about building high fences. So I want you to consider this, like this idea that your spouse is supposed to complete you. Mm. This is another one of the reasons that people give up, right? Because it's like, you were supposed to complete me. You were supposed to be something to me that I didn't already have or that I wasn't already. And again, man, this this is Jerry Maguire doctrine. Like this comes from popular culture. This comes straight out of Hollywood. If I'm going to build high fences, I'm not letting that trash in, okay? So I love Will the Great. I, I mean, I absolutely adore this man, right? Um, he has made me better in so many ways. Like he's invited me to not be driven by my emotions. He's invited me to take a step back and to consider things. Um, he's made me better as a person and I am forever grateful for that. He does not complete me. (laughs) Amen. He, he does not, this, you complete me doctrine is a lie (laughs) from Satan. The Bible says that you are complete in Christ. And people are like, really? Yes. Okay. James (laughs) chapter one, verses two through four. Mm -hmm. So remember what we're saying is let's culture proof our marriages. Let's build high fences in our marriages where we don't allow the culture to seep in. I was just going to say those things sound romantic. And so, you know, (laughs) oh, you complete me, Uh, you know, but in Christ, let's take it back to the straight edge of scripture. You know, let's 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 understand. You know that we in Him are complete in Amen. Him. You know, and so uh, we we gotta kind of eject those <laughs> ideas of you know I just romance got the picture from, of an airplane pilot. <laughs> you know, because they can take root and they can kind of inform the way that we operate in our marriage. Yeah, and to the point where you say, "Well, I don't feel complete with mm-hmm. Him." I feel like he takes something away from me. I don't feel like he completes me. I feel the opposite is true. But this is what God's word says in James chapter one, verses two through four. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Hmm. So this is the Lord at work in our life, even through the trials, right? That he's using those things Mm -hmm. to complete us, not a person, but the circumstances and the situations that we find ourselves in as we navigate those things in the power of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. the Lord is doing the work of completion. Yeah, The Lord is doing the work of rounding us out and making us who we even desire to be, right? That we want to be complete in the Lord, but we don't look to a person to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, and this is interesting, you know, but even if we are to look to a person, it may be the trials that you walk through Hmm. with a person, that the Lord is using those things, right, to complete us, to to bring about this work that he has determined that he wants to do in our life. Yeah, that's so so important that we know that being in him, we are complete, you know, Mm -hmm. because you're going to constantly be running after trying to be complete if your mindset is that somebody else completes you. Mm. And so it's so important that we understand this and that we walk in this because if not, it can be very destructive. Man, we live in a... We live in a me-centered culture. Yes. Right? So if we're talking about building high fences and culture-proofing our marriages, um, 
then you've got to eject this idea. I love how you, the picture of ejecting, <laughs> like, it's like, I think of the umpire or like the, the referee mm. on the basketball. Mm -hmm. That's it. You're out. Like, <laughs> I mean, when, when they give the side swipe yeah. thumb, you're yeah. out of here. Like it's, yeah. and, and you got to go. So I think about like what it <laughs> looks like to eject those, those thoughts and those um, secular convictions from our heart yeah. and from our mind, this me centeredness that we live in. Um, what about this idea of, I have the right to be selfish, mm. you know, it's, it's the, it is the doctrine of the man cave or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the doctrine of the she shed. It's, it's the doctrine of me, right? I just need to focus on me. I just need to have my, my, my selfish time and <laughs> right. I'm entitled to this selfish time. Yeah. I mean, if you think about that, we don't have a right to sin. No. <laughs> so right. you're saying, you know, I have a right to be selfish. You're saying I have a right to sin, but that is a feature of this culture mm -hmm. that, you know, I have to have this me time. This is, you know, what I deserve, what I need, you know, and, and the focus is on us. Well, in marriage, the focus has to be on the other person, Yes, you know, and even walking with Christ in our relationships, the Bible tells us that we shouldn't just focus on ourselves That's right. but for the good of others. Amen. And so that applies as well in our marriages, yeah. you know, but sometimes, you know, we feel like, well, I'm entitled to this because, mm -hmm. you know, I just need this. But at the same time, our mind mindset and our hearts have to be calibrated in such a way that we're like, man, no, I need to prefer the other person above myself. And that's not easy. No, it's really not. And you think about it, man, you would say to me all the time, um, pretty early on in the marriage and, and, and throughout our marriage, you know, you would say, man, if, if I'm thinking about you and you're thinking about me, by default, we are both thought of, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but if I only think about me and you only think about you, mm -hmm. right. Then what happens is we normalize selfishness mm -hmm. and the other person doesn't feel acknowledged. The other yeah. person doesn't feel cared for. Um, Philippians chapter two, verse four says, let each of you look not only Mm -hmm. to his own interest, but mm -hmm. also to the interest of others. Mm -hmm. And people are like, that's a marriage scripture. Why not? Mm -hmm. Like, like why yeah. not? Like, you know, I feel like, you know how sometimes you're like, man, that counts like in a win when yeah. you want to win, you're like, yeah. no, that counts. I'm counting that. Yeah. Yeah. That scripture counts. Yes. <laughs> I'm, it, I'm counting that. And to point out too, that says, uh, don't look only to your, so there is a looking to the things that what you we may need. need that's you know? right. So, but also, not, don't let it stop there, where it's just about me, 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 yes. me, but others as well. So mm -hmm. it, it doesn't say that, you know, that you are not to be cared for or things that you care about shouldn't be addressed or whatever. That's good. But also the needs of others. Yeah, man. What about this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, mm. verse 15? The Bible says, and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, Ooh. but for him who for the sake for their sake died and was raised. Man, isn't he worthy? Oh my goodness. <laughs> like man. So so when I when I am when I am going to love sacrificially. Yeah. When when I am going to yes, consider that I have needs, but I'm not going to live for myself. I am going to live for Christ. Mm. That means that everything that I demonstrate in my marriage is for his glory. I am doing that that he might go public through me. So sometimes it's painful right mm -hmm. it is painful because it works against the grain of our sin nature that i'm going to consider someone else in the in at the height of my anger at the height of my frustration um i want to consider that it's not just me that i'm living for mm.
right? That I'm not living for myself, that I am living for Christ, that I am living to make him known. And again, it counts in marriage. It mm. matters to God what we do inside the walls of our homes. Amen. Amen. It, it matters. And we should have a position in our heart that we're thinking about the other person. And if it's not there, that's one thing we can bring before the Lord and say, help me. Mm-hmm. Help me. You know, I think that's, I, I remember my, my pastor growing up, uh, he would all, often say that the most powerful prayers are God help me. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> that he hears those prayers when they're coming from, when they're coming from a, a sincere heart. And so in these matters of, of marriage and the things that happen in marriage, I, man, if you say, God, help me, he understands what you're talking about. And I, I believe that he's poised to answer those prayers and to help in whatever situation you know may arise. Yeah. Just as we come to the end of this discussion of building high fences or culture proofing our marriages, you know, another one of the temptations I feel that will often come from our culture is that our marriages are just supposed to be about the romance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That it's, mm-hmm. it's the Instagram pictures of the flower petals that lead <laughs> to the new car or, you know, the flower petals that mm-hmm. lead to the great romantic dinner, man. And there's nothing is wrong with, with those right, things right. in and of themselves. But when they become our great pursuits in mm-hmm. marriage, when they become the things that we live for, mm-hmm. like I live for him to just meet my physical needs or I live for him to just meet my emotional needs, not understanding the sanctifying work, which often is not recognized in the moments that it's happening. Mm. Can we just stay there for a second? The sanctifying work of marriage is often not recognized in the moment that it is happening, but afterwards you can look back on it and you're like, man, you know, I'm, I'm different and better because we went through that. Mm. I don't notice every day that our kids are growing. Mm-hmm. But they are growing and they are changing every day. Mm-hmm. And even with the experiences that we have, we look at them and then it's like all of a sudden one day you look and you're like, whoa. <laughs> when did, did that you, happen? <laughs> did you have a growth spurt? Yeah. Like what? Right. My goodness, you yeah. know? And the same thing is true for our marriages. We wow. are growing in the adversity. We are growing in the struggle and the striving. We're growing in the joy. Mm-hmm. We're growing in the happiness. We're, mm. we're growing in the love. Mm. But if you pursue chiefly, even first and foremost, the romance and the things that our culture says, well, that's a real healthy marriage, Mm. (laughs) right? Man, we miss it. We often fail. And unfortunately, our marriages fail because we haven't understood what God has invited us to. Yeah, that's so good because we could get discouraged if we don't see immediate growth in certain areas, you know, and even have that grace for our spouse that, look, we are both growing. And so when there are things that happen that rubs us the wrong way, that we can have that uh, heart of being long suffering, you know, because everything is a process. Yes. It's a process. And so if you don't see immediate growth, that it's not a, I give up, I give up. No, that we bear with one another as the scripture uh, tells us. I feel like the word of the day is eject like eject the culture from your marriage, like get them out of here. You know, don't let what you see around you become normative in your marriage or even the goal or the objective, but get back to God's word and learn how the Lord has instructed us to live. And then let that be reflected in our marriages. We are blessed when we do this. Um, God is glorified first and foremost. Let's, let's, let's get it in the right order. God is glorified when we submit to his leadership, yes. even in our marriages and 
we are blessed as a result of that submission, even in our marriages. Amen. When we resist, <laughs> when we resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, we remain culture proof. We can't do it in our own strength. Right. We do it by the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells us. We do it because we are outwardly expressing that he is worthy. Yes. He's worthy. I want my marriage to be the picture of Christ and the church that the Lord has designed it to be. And that takes work. That takes commitment. Yeah. That takes security on both parts, right? That, look, I'm committed to you. You are committed yes. to me. Mm -hmm. You know, it frightens me, even the thought that I could not be securely held in the hands of Jesus. Mm. Like, can I mean, can you imagine? No, man, <laughs> what we make much of is the efficacy of the blood of Jesus Christ, the sufficiency of his sacrifice to secure us for all time, to present us to the Lord blameless. And you're going to tell me, that marriage is a picture of that security, hmm. you can see why the enemy wants them to fail. Yeah. You can, you can, why? Because it mars our understanding of what it even is to be secure in Christ. Hmm. Like, but this picture of marriage is a mystery. And again, the apostle Paul says, but I'm not talking about marriage. He says, I'm talking about Christ in the church. Wow. This mystery that he is united to us. He's united with us and he presents us blameless before the Lord. So anyway, the encouragement is to culture proof your marriage, That's to right. build high fences, to build secure fences where you keep the world out, mm. where you keep the culture out out. They don't determine, and it doesn't define a healthy marriage. The Lord does and already has in his word. Let us return to scripture and be effective as we live for his glory. We want to remind you that we've got a conference coming up yes. in July, July 18th through the 20th. That's right. It's happening in Bartlett, Tennessee, mm -hmm. Bartlett, Tennessee. Yes. Um, that's in the Memphis area. We are super excited about this, um, where we're going to culture-proof families, right? Well, mm -hmm. let me just say, the Lord's going to culture-proof families. We're just going to be the vessels that <laughs> hopefully the us. Lord will use to do that. <laughs> uh, several speakers are going to be there. Uh, Abraham Hamilton III, Dr. Yes. Kathy Cook mm -hmm. is going to be with us, Dr. Lee Brand, mm -hmm. Dr. Terrence. And Dames is going to mm. be joining us. We're super excited about it as we look at all of the areas of the culture and how it affects the family. Um, if you're single, you are welcome to come. Yes. If you're married, yes. you are welcome to come. Your if you're grandparents, you're welcome. There is going to be something for every member Pastors of the leaders. family. Pastors come and on. leaders in ministry, please come. Mm -hmm. We are in a critical time in our country where really even as you see it infiltrating the church, the temptation is to reject the authority of God's word mm. and to go with what the culture says is normative. What we are doing is resisting that. Yeah. 2024's theme for the Culture Proof Conference is resist. We want to, as James says, we want to keep ourselves unstained by this world. That's right. That's right. You can learn more as as more information is available by staying connected to us. Eventually, you're going to be able to go to cultureproof.net and yes. register for the conference. Registration opens early next year. So make sure that you stay connected so that you'll learn when that happens. Um, we want to go out of this program as we often do. As we always do. <laughs> when you resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, you remain culture proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless. <laughs>